0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, powered by CantonRep.com. I'm your host, Cliff Hickman, and I'm here as always with my co-host Peter Holland Jr. Peter, how are you doing today?
1: What's up? What's up? I'm doing good, Cliff. I am so excited, man, this week and the next coming weeks.
0: Absolutely. We've reached it's it's hard to believe, but it's week ten of the high school football season. And that can only mean one thing, Peter. It means McKinley Maslin, uh, something you have, I'm sure, been immersed in all week here.
1: Oh uh, man, just, just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the rivalry vibe right now a little bit between the two teams from, from attending to the, the luncheon and just seeing how Kind of divisive in a way. It looked, you know, and it was just funny. Just all the things that was talked about over there from the the mayor of Canton throwing little shots at Maslin to Nate Moore making his little speech, throwing shots at us for some reason. Mm -hmm. But it was just a lot of a lot of topic of discussion going into that going into Friday. Oh, Saturday's game. So, but I'm I'm excited. You know, this is my first McKinley Maslin rivalry experience. Um I'm just hoping it turns out to be a a physical game between two teams that have a huge level of momentum from from all from all season just McKinley going on forward to 25 straight, Maslin just um, winning seven straight, being all the top teams in the state, you know you. It this is exactly what you want in this in this kind of in rivalry week, and to see that the not zoning for bragging rights, but just seeing who's going to who's going to make a huge run going into the playoffs.
0: Absolutely, and that's one thing I was curious about. Uh, you're coming into this from. Kind of an out-of-state uh, impression. Just, uh, what are your thoughts on all the events that go on this week? Just coming in and, and taking a look at all of it.
1: Um, I haven't really seen. I haven't really attended a whole lot. I just pretty much just stay grounded and just you know focusing on just other things. But just looking at other, um, just just looking at the videos and. Of the events, you know, nothing major, nothing too serious. I haven't, I haven't really got out there yet, just especially now because it's cold, and I just don't understand why it's, it's 39 degrees in October. That's still kind of weird to me. But um, it, it looks like it's just been pretty interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the parade looks like. The or I don't know which parade to attend or. See, whether it's B. McKinley Parade or B. Maslin Parade or blah, blah, blah. it's I don't know. It it just kind of feels weird to go to one event to another and try to remain partial the entire time.
0: Yeah, it's certainly tough. There's just not many places I've seen this many events go on. And even during the game, having covered it once, you'll notice there's a lot of other crazy stuff that goes on. They've got... Push up contest. I mean, they they take if there's something to be competed at between Maslin and McKinley, you'll probably see it this week. It's just a really unique thing.
1: I'm probably gonna look forward to seeing the, uh, the tailgates. You know, I'm probably planning on going there like super early. The game starts at two, and I want to get there like super early because I because it's already almost or probably already sold out by now. Um, so I probably want to get there as early as possible, probably like around eleven ish, and probably look at the tailgates and see how all, see how they're prepping for the game before going into the stadium. So that's probably where I'll probably take a look at closely.
0: And then you mentioned the game itself. Uh, McKinley just probably one of the hottest teams in the area going into this game, and of course Maslins having its usual terrific season. Uh, I think this is a really intriguing game on the field as well.
1: Yeah. uh, Both teams are coming in hot. Um, Like I mentioned, McKinley winning five in a row, uh, Maslin winning seven in a row, but um, just from a Maslin side, it's just, you know, this is a team that is destined to contend for the state championship. Uh, They just – they just can win. They just good at just winning in different ways, you know. They have from their run game with Will Trail, They can beat you in through the air with Slaughter and Ardell Banks. Um, they're big up front, big up front, and it'll be. I think that's probably the biggest matchup is, um, who's gonna be the most physical up front, O-line, D-line battles, and that's something that I kind of wrote in my piece, um, um, for both the. For the repository and for the Mass Independent to uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, uh, it's gonna be a battle of who's gonna be the most physical and who's gonna execute. So, it's definitely gonna be a, definitely one heck of a battle of who's gonna win and also defense. You know, I think Maslin has, Mass shown that they, they are very dominant defensively and has continued to improve all, all, all year round and, um, just from their, from the defensive front to their linebacking core led by Dorian Pringle, um, the secondary. You no, know, this team is going to continue to find ways to win when nothing's wrong with If you can win two of your three phases of football, you have a better shot instead of just being one dimensional. That's always been Nate Moore's marquee, marquee, um, um, game plan is to make their opponents a one dimensional team. So, if they can somehow shut down Nino Hill and leave it dependent on Keegan Keen and they probably have a chance of winning that because you already took out one of their top, top players who's having a breakout year. So, and I don't know. And McKinley on the other side, you, this is probably going to be just as physical as it gets with, with them going against a massive team that is depending on Wilter Harson. If they could somehow wear him down and depend and and put out um a, 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 put in a good amount of pressure on Jalen Slaughter, because Jalen Slaughter he is very fluid in the pocket, but when it's under pressure he kind of hesitates. When so so just imagine again guys like Kyler Jenkins or um or Dante McClell- McClellan, both stellar linebackers coming. So. It's definitely gonna be an all out game. I expect it to be a low scoring game, to be honest with you. So it's just gonna come down to who's gonna execute more.
0: Yeah, and something to keep in mind is Maslin's just recent success in the series. They've won six straight and ten of the last eleven games. So uh that's uh something McKinley will be looking to snap this weekend. And there's
1: and not to mention I should probably mention this. Um, Nate Moore is two wins away of tying the most wins, um, in Madison history. He'll be tying with Paul Brown. So if he, so if he wins, if he wins on Saturday, there'll be one win away and he can easily surpass Paul Brown's record throughout the playoffs.
0: So, well, that's, that's an impressive accomplishment when you're talking about the history of that program and how difficult it has been in recent times to kind of maintain the success there and stay there over a long period of time. That kind of speaks for itself in that case.
1: Absolutely. Any way anyway you can be in the same breath as Paul Brown is definitely an honor, but knowing more in a short period of time, all he cares about is week getting to week 16. And that's the state the state championship. That's that's the only thing on his mind right now, and everything else is just fillers, you could say.
0: Absolutely, and uh, taking a look at some of the other games in the area, a lot of other great rivalries. How about North Canton Hoover at Jackson? They're facing off in Jackson. It's for the Battle of the Rail Trophy. And, uh, heighten things a little bit more. A likely home playoff game is on the line for these two teams, Peter.
1: Yeah, that's a game that I'll be attending on Friday as well. Um, so I'm going back to back to this week. Um, yeah, this is definitely an important game, not just for a rivalry, but to get, uh, 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 at least get a, uh, home get, home field advantage. And so this is very important for both sides. And just looking at just from, from a Jackson side, just seeing that it was, it was rocky at first. Um, they struggled against, um, Central, um, Kent and Central Catholic, um, before they had a strong second half. Um, so it's a little bit, uh, concerning, but they, they're def- this will definitely be a marquee matchup for either side. And, um, probably one of the positive news is Ben Housfall will be, is cleared to return. Um, and we'll likely might see him on the field after being gone all the time dealing with his major knee injury that pretty much kept him throughout the season. So let's see if he will get some see if he can make a difference because he's a really stellar linebacker and all it does is make the team better. And um, I'm also just impressive with, uh, with um, their front and their running game led by um, um, Davide and um, Colton Arnold, you know, speaking with them after the game and just saw how they were managed to keep it together and make their comeback and beating Central Catholic. And, and I don't know. And, also just seeing um their quarterback um increment um they letting him be let him start pretty much the majority of the game and doing that game winning touchdown um that's something to build upon with that freshman so for on the north cane side uh, I just know in how they're gonna match up and see how they will handle whenever they do want to switch up on their quarterback position but as far as that um just Luke, um, I was excited to see how um, Luke Roach is going to perform. Um, seeing him and um, Carson Darland, who's also has been having a good year as well, throwing for um, 1,888 yards, 18 touchdowns. Um, I want to see Mason Ashby of how he's going to be a playmaker on special teams, see if he might take one on kickoff return. You know, I I am – I don't know, I don't know, Cliff. I think we might see a, we might see a shootout. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, I got a look at North Canton Hoover last week and they really impressed me, especially with their option game. Carson Durland is incredibly effective at faking the option, the run pass option. I had two radio crews next to me and he was tripping those guys up all night with who had the ball just because he's so good at uh, hiding who's getting it or if he's keeping it himself. Uh Luke Roach, they gave a little bit of a rest to in the second half. I asked Coach Brian Baum after the game, and he said that was just precautionary. They said he's been banged up after a long season and just wanted to give him a little bit of a break. But Cooper Westfall, who came in in the second half, looked really impressive, and they have a lot of confidence in him to also carry the ball. So their running attack looks great. And you mentioned Mason Ashby, an incredible speed threat on the outside. Uh, he can also touch it out of the backfield. And as a defensive back, he also had an interception. And you mentioned his prowess on special team. That's a player that's just everywhere. I think this is going to be a really fun one. I think you called it.
1: Yeah, looking forward to seeing that who's going to win the what is it called? The, the, the Rails Trophy? Or are they going to.
0: Battle for the Rail Trophy is uh, what they call that one.
1: Okay, okay. They're not too far from each other. I mean, I, I no. didn't realize they were that close because I live in North Canton and North Canton is literally in my backyard and just driving the, to um Rife Stadium is like 10 minutes, not even. So, I
0: can tell you players after the game for North Canton Hoover were ready for this week to start. They're real excited for this game. I know both communities. You mentioned very close to each other. This is, this is a fun one. And then, uh, another big federal league game. We've got green at Lake. The blue streaks can clinch a share of their first federal league title since 1998 if they win this game. And it would be their first nine-win regular season also since 1998. Green is, uh, well, having a, had a tough week last week against Hoover. The Vikings kind of jumped on them early and never looked back and they, they struggled to stop the run game all season long and that kind of continued. Hoover put up nearly 400 yards rushing last week. And then you had a big blow to their offense. Something that really slowed them down was the loss of sophomore wide receiver Antonio Martin. They, they have two running backs on the roster now. They, they've upped it by one, Peter. But, uh, Antonio Martin at wide receiver was often the guy that ended up taking the handoff on the jet sweep for them and um, the injury didn't look good, he was on crutches, that, that's still in the process of being evaluated, but just based on, you know, the visual evidence, I'm not going to say he's not going to play, because that's not what anyone has said, but it it certainly didn't look good. Uh, Zach Baglia is obviously a huge weapon, he has 85 catches, which is just absolutely insane at the high school level, and the key, I think, Again, is going to be can they stop the lake running attack, which is really good, and they're going to be tested in that area.
1: I think it might come down to how they're going to game plan against that two that two quarterback system with Will Butler and um and Jarvis Kale Jarvis. You know, both of them are stellar quarterbacks. Both of them are athletic. Um So I'm very interested to see how their defense will will um how things will shake up or how they can game plan one qb to another or, or they're just going to keep it simple and treat it as if there's no difference than any other quarterback um so that's another thing that should definitely um keep in mind of that as well um green green seeing that they're hurt and losing but you no know, if they lose to tony martin that would be unfortunate that's a tough loss They already went without Jared Taylor, who's going to be out with his third straight game due to a broken finger. You know, so it's going to, they're going to have to rely more on Zach Baglia and Robbie Klockner. So someone's going to have to step up. Who's going to be the guy who's going to be that, um, person to depend upon if your um, key players are, if your key players are unavailable or being defended. So we're going to have to see about that.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's a big game for Green. They can clinch a playoff spot with a win. If they are unable to come up with a win, they're going to have to just uh, wait and see how the night plays out. So very high stakes for them, and they actually snapped a three-game losing streak to Lake last year. So this is one they're going to want pretty bad coming into it.
1: Okay. Well, neither teams cannot afford to lose, so that makes it more yeah. really fun to watch and see what how, how it's gonna come down.
0: Alright, and we're gonna move on to the, the crazy pack seven race. We've got Northwest at Canton South. Here's the situation. If Northwest wins, they are the outright pack champions. If they lose as many as five Teams could earn a share of the league title, Peter.
1: Say that one more time. Say it for the, all the people out here in the room. You yeah, me. Yeah,
0: I know It's a, I, it blew my mind when I heard it too. If Northwest wins at Canton South, which is not an easy place to play, they are outright Pac 7 champions. If they lose as many as five teams could share the Pac-7 title. Canton South would be guaranteed a share. And then possibly CVCA, Fairless, and Orville could also get a share, depending on what they do throughout the night.
1: How is that possible?
0: That's just the way things are shaking out. It's been a competitive league this season. They've kind of all these teams. Northwest had, they lost their first league game to Fairless. Everyone else has, Two losses or one or you know, it's just it's just the way it's played out. The the parity in that league has has been incredible this season and all the teams have had their their road bumps here and there. Uh Canton South, of course, you're talking about Pucci Snyder's completing almost seventy two percent of his passes with home field advantage. I think this is gonna be a, a fun game to watch.
1: That's probably another potential shootout here because both teams can score uh especially i can't that with poochie snyder i'm definitely one to see on the northwest side um i'm a i'm starting to grow a fan of kyler Murray as a running back i mean i love me some running backs clifford so and just seeing another emerging back uh in our start count just make things outstanding. He's kind of in the sleeper because we talk about Wiltrell. We talk about from Masson, We're talking about Nino Hill and Ken, and Ken McKinley. We talk about Vontae Bird and Glen Oak. We haven't even looked at the northwest side that Moraglia is, is one of the top rushers in our county with with um, almost at 1,300 yards and 18 touchdowns. So this will be that, curious to see how the, the Canton South defense, how they're going to have to contain him. Uh, because especially what it was that when he there was one game I think it was it was last week or a couple of weeks ago he rushed for 227 yards. Um, definitely, a guy that they're gonna have their eye on. And Northwest also had Chase Badger who's really stepped up and has been solid um, throughout throughout the season. You so know, 1306 yards and 13 touchdowns. He just continuing to grow. Um, so the future is bright for Northwest at seven and two and five and one. Something to build upon. So yeah, this will definitely be an interesting. Both teams can score and let's see who will come out, come out superior.
0: Yeah, Chase Badger is a really good quarterback. Only a sophomore putting up those numbers. And then you look at some of the guys he throws to Caden Beekler. That is a big target. He's like six foot six. Very tough for anybody to cover that kind of height. Even if you have him covered, so to say, just because he can kind of reach over people and take the ball. And Kyler Murray is definitely a throwback running back, as far as there's not going to be a lot of side to side movement. He is very much one cut and forward. <laughs> that's the direction he likes to head.
1: Yeah, old fa- nothing but some old-fashioned downhill runners. You know, you know that's. You gotta be a tough runner. That's something that you'll see in the Mac, that's some things that you'll see in the Big Ten and they love those kind of backs. So uh having like a Kyle Morragley, I believe he's a junior too, right? So we might have another year with him and this will be a stacked up running back class. So and Bragg is making his case and he'll probably it was surprise me if scouts will come that way come that way and take a look at it. Look at him.
0: Yeah, and I really like Northwest head coach as well, John DeMarco. Really really great offensive mind and he's great at making adjustments uh, based on the personnel he has. So I I just I really do like that team. And then looking also within the pack seven, we mentioned the log jam there at the top. You've got Fairless at Tuslaw. Northwest's only loss in the pack this season came to Fairless in the opener. Um if Fairless defeats Tuslaw, they would earn a share if Canton South wins. So that would be the third team that would earn a share. And, uh, Tuslaw will be looking for the upset. They come into this at three and six. Of course, Fairless has a lot of weapons. Carson Colucci, close to 2,000 yards. He just needs 80. Um, he's probably going to get that in this game. It'd be it'd be a real, real strong effort if if they were able to keep him from that. And Brody, uh, Pumneo, and Luke Yoder have a chance to be a thousand-yard receivers, so the offense can certainly put up some numbers for the Falcons.
1: What does the blue cup look like, Cliff? You know, is it, is it really blue?
0: I've never seen it, but I'm going to get a first-hand look at it because that's where I am Friday night. So, uh, I'm going to report back to you on that. I'll try to get a picture of it if I can. I've heard about the blue cup. I know this is a big rivalry between both communities, but I've never actually seen the trophy. So that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye out for.
1: Okay. Just a lot of, just a lot of trophy and cups going, um, going on to this week. Um, on the I could just say just on a Tesla so- side, you can say that this is pretty much a, an improved um, team compared to last year uh, when they were well, they only had like one win last year. So this is definitely an improvement, and they've been tough and competitive all this um, in each of the in each of the season. There's a team, there's some games where they won in double overtime. There's a time they come up short. You know they're very they're very competitive. Um, Troy Hump on um, Troy Harbin, Binder, sorry, sorry, if I'm botching it. Troy Harbinitter. is that how you say? I believe or
0: it's Um I, I I am not entirely sure, so we may have both just butchered it. And I'm sure I'll get an email. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you and no I, disrespect, man, uh, yeah. uh, but yeah. yes, I believe.
1: It yeah, is regardless, he's regardless he's a he's pretty much a stellar quarterback, very mobile. Uh, got some pair of weapons like Tommy Snyder as well. So they and they're definitely I'm um, going to uh they're gonna give give Fairless the run for their money as well. Um there was one there was also this one player that um I follow who's he's actually a lineman their tackle. Um I think his name is what? Uh Ch-ch-ch-ch- Chaz Gr- Grudowski. Man is six five, man. Six five zero three hundred pounds and I don't know man. he probably might get some pretty good decent lose he visited a few um max schools so i want to see how that that see how the fearless line will go toe-to-toe against a big boy like him and he's only a junior that's the scary thing about it think of there's not a lot of guys in our area that are six four three hundred pounds and is only and is only a junior so a big guy he's at tackle he's also played defensive line as well so Let's see if they want to see if they can get through him and try to create pressure against, Create pressure against Troy.
0: Yeah, you. That's one thing you absolutely can't teach is being six foot five.
1: That's a big boy right there.
0: Yeah, that is that is uh that is someone that's a, that's an imposing threat there on the line. And then Peter, we've got some other rivalry games. I know some of the records are. A little lopsided this year in some cases, but they are rivalry things, and strange things can happen. Uh, one of them we'll be keeping an eye on, of course, is uh, St. Thomas Aquinas at Canton Central Catholic. St. Thomas Aquinas uh, comes into this with an 0-7 record. They had to cancel a couple of games due to a lack of available players, and of course, it's just been a tough week at central Catholic period. Uh, I was at the soccer game last night where one of the players, junior Jacob Brown, um, unfortunately and far too soon passed away in an auto accident this past weekend. So, I mean, that's something that's hit that community very hard and leads to all kind of conversations about what's really important in life. But I'm sure that's going to be tough to focus during those circumstances, but that's over the years been a, a really big rivalry game with uh, a really great crowd between those two fan bases to come together for that.
1: Yeah, um, you hate to see, see news like this and. And the timing of it doesn't make it any better. It's being it's a rivalry game and going to end of the season, but, but the only best thing you can do about it just for um, Central side to turn into a positive. Now you got a more fuel to the fire because you now you got someone to play for, and I'm sure that's what's going to be the intention going into Friday game against St. Thomas Aquinas. So that's that's probably. The best way how to handle it is to fight for him and let's see if, if they um, let's see if they could continue to um, keep their head in the game while have their minds of a fallen fallen player. But Central Catholic, you know, just on the football side, I mean, I seeing them going against Jackson. I mean, they're big up front themselves. You know, they got a left tackle named Jonathan St- Stangle who six who's already six six and he's a sophomore, um, and, but. Obviously, the notable names is guys like Jack Talkington, who's who keeps the offense going. But we've seen some guys just emerging to being that quality players too, um, like Dan Boron, like Alex Anderson, Jack, Hop- Jack Hopkins. You know, they're all been growing and continuing to continue to um, make things easier on Jack Talkington to have him do everything. So. It's a young team, but this is definitely a team that is that's definitely going to put some work as well. And as far as on St. Thomas Aquinas side, I mean, you know, the record is what it is, but you know that, but you know, when it comes to rivalries, all that's thrown up the window. And uh, it's not like St. Thomas don't have athletes; they do, you know. So we're going to see. Maybe this could be an, we might see an upset and bragging rights and something to play for. So you never know what will happen when you do when doing rivalries like this so we'll see what happens
0: yeah and it's uh speaking of some other uh rivalry games this week Peter we've got a couple eastern buckeye conference one uh the big one is Salem at West Branch West Branch has already clinched a share of the EBC title they can win it outright with a victory um it's not it's not the easiest game though. Salem six and three and two and two in the EBC quarterback Jackson Johnson is a dual threat guy. He's thrown for two thousand three hundred and thirty-nine yards. Um uh, it's uh it's a tough game, but man, Drew DeShields has just been absolutely incredible this season. You don't often see someone throwing for two thousand five hundred and forty-three yards, thirty-five touchdowns, and one interception. Um, it's just, it's just kind of unheard of to see that kind of accuracy and decision making.
1: I also saw that he's top 10, um, in max preps in the state of Ohio. And I think, I think in passing yards, I don't know if it's exactly accurate because there's a lot of names that were missing, but he's, he's up there, you know, and I even said it last week that if there's a guy that if there's one guy to start counting that's definitely worthy of being Mr. Ohio football, we should definitely put Drew DeShields in there because all he does is ball. He's a baller, and he just do it all from, you know, just from his passing attack and just or his running game. He can do it all. And, you know, and it's also good that he has more of a supporting cast around him to continue to – continue to make the team better, you know. So West, so this, I could definitely see this being an interesting game as well. You know, sams no slouch as well. Um, you mentioned about Jackson Johnson, who's a really stellar quarterback, got 26 touchdowns. So it will definitely be another quarterback matchup, and we're, and this will be definitely uh, uh, an appetizer for both teams as they going into the playoffs as well.
0: Yeah, and the other half of that equation, Alliance still with an outside shot at a share of the Eastern Buckeye Conference uh, Championship. And they finished the season against their rival, Marlington, who has had a, a tough year. But again, you can never count on anything in these kind of rivalry games. Just full disclosure, I went to high school at Alliance High School, And back then they were in the Federal League. It was a time when the community was kind of shrinking. They hadn't been in the EBC yet. And despite these two communities not being in the same league, it seemed like that was, that was the rival was Marlington. It wasn't anybody actually in the Federal League. It was, that was the big deal then. And it's, I think, only gotten more intense now that they're, they're in the same league. So, uh, first hand, I can tell you it's, uh, it's an incredible rivalry. Fans from both sides really get into it. Um, and this, this has the potential, you know, you can't count on anything. Caden Davis has got 1,314 yards at the rate he's been going. He has a chance of eclipsing 1,500 yards rushing in this game. And then a, a guy we haven't talked about, we talk about their defensive backs, Avi Jones, a great coverage corner. Carter Baguera on the the other side has six interceptions, which is a lot for any defensive backs. And they're going to have a tough guy to cover, Bo Himmelheber. He'll take snaps at quarterback. He'll run the ball. He'll also go out wide. He's their kick returner, really good defensive back. Um, He's a tough player to cover, so Alliance will have to be ready for him uh sophomore quarterback Bryson McCord has developed really well and Marlington this is the the reason I say you can't count them out is they played an incredibly tough schedule they only played one team with a losing record all season and they won that game so again i think this is one to, this might be one of those sneaky games that, that could i'm not saying will could end up being closer than it looks on paper
1: We'll probably see about that. Um, you you brought up about um, we we praised about the Caden um, Davis. You know he could easily get that 1,500 yards because that's all he does because he averaged about 146 yards a game. Um, but you mentioned about um, all the talent around with the Lions with um, Carter Beguera getting six. Another, another name to uh, keep in mind is Ramir Hawkins. He's um fifty one catches, eight hundred and seventy yards and six touchdowns. This guy is having a breakout year for Alliance, being that go to receiver for um Brandon Zerbrook. you know, and they got they just got weapons all over the place and then even on the defensive side, uh with Bigera having six interceptions, but you also got guys like um Jackson Eddy who's like a tackling machine. You got You got on those DBs Who were just making plays from all over Like OV Jones Like Williamson um, Like uh, yeah All of them those guys just just, They just got players all over the place And so I so It might be for you might be a sneaky Good game but I think Alliance is just just a better team, and I just I see there's gonna be one more as one-sided game, but we'll see. You know, is not gonna back down. They're probably gonna give them a little scare, but I see Alliance so I'm just taking care of business um, for tonight's game, and let's see how how far they can go in the playoff run.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I would say the odds are against it. I'm just saying I wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't be shocked if somehow it does. And you mentioned Ramir Hawkins. I can I saw him a couple weeks ago. He is he is not the biggest player in the world, but he is just like lightning when he catches it. He's just very very elusive. Makes really nasty cuts and is just so fast. He's one of those guys like. If you don't get him before he makes that first cut, it's trouble. It's trouble because he can make things happen after the catch, and he can get behind your secondary and stretch the defense out. He causes just all kind of problems. And, again, like you said, that's not a guy we've talked a whole bunch about, and he's put up over 800 yards receiving this
1: season. It wouldn't surprise me if he he, um, has – He can go that one thousand yard mark by end of tonight. You know, depending on if he'll get more catch, get more touches, or they're going to more rely on Kaden in the run game. But this is a Lions team that's very balanced than they usually were. So it can they just find ways to win in different ways. So definitely, definitely something to keep in mind with the Lions.
0: Yes, uh, the the Aviators certainly have a lot of talent and. It sounds like they pretty much got at least one home playoff game with a a chance at two. Maybe, depending on how things fall, the the playoff situation is very fluid. So it's definitely one that they're going to win not only for the rivalry, but to make sure they stay in the conversation for two home playoff games because that makes a big difference uh, once you get to that level. All right, Peter, I think that's going to do it for our, our Week 10 podcast. I mean, are, are you excited for this weekend?
1: Man, I can't say it is enough, man. This my first. This will be my first experience covering the Maslin-McKinley rivalry. It's going to be me and Josh Ware. We're going to be working side by side. I'm just looking forward to seeing the atmosphere and just seeing The emotional intensity of the game and see who's going to come out victorious. And, and I'm just mostly excited for the next, next few weeks um, with playoff football, with the playoffs, you know, see which of these star counties is going to find a way to go on top. So I'm definitely excited. It's, It's just been a fun experience all year round. I've, I've come across a lot of high school games in different states. I mean, and being a Florida guy. I'm a Florida boy, and I see a lot of talents from there, but just just something about this covering Ohio high school team, just something about it and how much they pride themselves on of their team, and this is just very exciting to be covering. I really enjoy every minute of it.
0: Well, it's definitely be, been great to have you on the staff and have you on the show here, and uh, we look forward to hopefully having uh, many more years with you here.
1: We'll see about it. I'm definitely definitely enjoying it so far. So far, so good.
0: All right, and that's going to do it for this uh, Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by KenRip.com. And we'd like to thank all the listeners for hanging with us during the regular season. And don't worry, we'll be back next week with uh, all the playoff information you need, and, and we'll do a, a great show on that, I'm sure. So for Peter Holland Jr. and Cliff Hickman, we will catch you soon.